Welcome to Malagan Before Believing, where kindness is in the air. I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, elder Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. You, you are so kind. Yeah, I felt you getting all tender, so I thought I'd go 180 the other way. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, kindness is in the air, Brian. Uh-huh. It's December. Uh-huh. December's the, the season of giving. Uh-huh. It's the season of kindness and <laughs> sharing. It's, it's, it's looking out for your fellow man. Uh-huh. Did you know that? Uh-huh. Is, is this because I bought you coffee this morning? Well, I bought you donuts. I was going to say. So it's tit for tat <laughs> the, there. The, right? No, it I disagree. I think I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, I have in front of me a December 2008 Advent of Kindness. 2008? It says 18, (laughs) despite what I might have said or not said. Okay. Recycling. I like it. December 1st, give someone a hug. December 2nd, let someone in front of you in the line. December 3rd. Buy a friend or a colleague a coffee. December 4th. Give someone your house. Hold the door open for someone. Day 5. Give a friend or a loved one your full attention. Day 6. Give a friend or loved one a wet willy. Donate a Christmas present to a charity, Brian. That's what you do on day 6. Day 6. And the whole month goes on and on and on like that. Oh, but day 8 is amazing. Do something kind. For yourself. Stop. It's day eight. Do something kind for yourself. <laughs> like you don't do that every single day. I know. You, well, you, you certainly don't give your full attention to your family every single day. So you need a special day of the year to do that. Wow. Not even Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's December giving. <laughs> December 5th. Okay, honey. Here, let me pay attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> See you next year. Tick that box. Oh. Got that little piece of chocolate out that advent door. What's the, what's the weirdest one on there? Besides do something good for yourself? Yeah, I guess that's probably uh, it. Um, hide a note for someone to find. That kind of sucks. That could be like <laughs> I know. April 3rd. They don't find, find it. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> it goes through the wash and it's just a hunk of paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> donate your unwanted books. <laughs> You're welcome. How, how's that kind? Like, <laughs> don't donate the wanted ones. I know. Just the unwanted, all the Louis Lamours. It's, <laughs> it's all my Mad Libs books. <laughs> that you've already read. My written. used ones, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, smile at a stranger two, <laughs> two or 15 times. Does it say two or 15? Yeah. No way. 15. Yeah, it does. Um,. Uh, feed the deer. <laughs> Stop. It's day 20. Feed the deer. All right, that's a weird one. You're living in like Manhattan trying to do this. How, how are we going to do it? <laughs> how many deer we got running around here, Chico? Okay. Um, oh, oh, this is a good one. There's deer in Upper Park all the time. Wait, what? We could find some deer. Wh- okay. Day 23 is cool. Give a treat to your postal carrier. That's a good one. The next day, do something kind for yourself. 
Again. Again. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve after all. Um, and then Christmas Day is reflect and record how much joy this season has brought you. Um, I would give it a solid eight. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to record how much joy. I don't know how you quantify that. Yeah, well, maybe they have like a little electrodes they can put on you. I give it eight out of 14 gumpies. <laughs> Why does it get to be gumpies? Why does it get to be out of 14? Why can't it be the Mathers? Well, you give it Mathers, I give it gumpies. No, this is because I was watching the hot. The How about hot. the GM? No, this it's is. On the GM scale, this is, is it a one or a 14? This is because I was watching the Hot Ones episode with Jeff Goldblum yesterday. Uh-huh. And they asked him, because he was the final interview of the season, if you guys haven't watched Hot Ones, go watch it. It's a YouTube show where they interview people while they share ascending, or hot wings in ascending heat. The Scovie. Scovie? Scoville. Scoville. Yeah. They had him rate all the hot sauces at the end, and he gave all of them 10 out of 10 gold blooms. (laughs) Except for the last one, he gave 11 out of 10 gold blooms. So I gave it 8 out of 14 gumpies. Look, he can give gold blooms. Gold yeah. blooms. Every time he says gold blooms, it makes me think of doubloons. Doubloons? Yeah. Like the the coin? <laughs> coin. Why do you say it like that? Because that's from Scooby-Doo. That mummy would go around and he'd go, coin, <laughs> coin. Oh, my gosh. I totally am nailing it, too. Yeah, you go I believe and, it. You go and you Google the coin Scooby-Doo, <laughs> you're going to get that. I hope, well, I should say I hope that's what you get, but... Yeah, that mummy. He wanted the coin so bad. But he was just Mr. Jenkins. What's mummy going to do with the coins? Go to the arcade? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it was like, it's, you know, you get those coin things from your grandma that passes down. Maybe he needed to, to make a collect phone call. <laughs> I don't think he needed that coin that bad. Okay. What? It did magic. What are you going to use coins for? Really, he should be, Really, he should be saying, cash. <laughs> Visa, visa. <laughs> You're better at it than I am. Because I actually saw it. That's uh, why. That's probably it. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the undead. Okay. Or the dead. Or moving on. Hey, Pat. <laughs> if Christians are so loving and to be a people of peace, praying for their enemies and turning the other cheek. Why is it that the Old Testament and in history past has there been so much bloodshed in the name of the Christian God? Boy, there's so many assumptions there. The grammar was theirs, not my own, just so we're clear. Yeah, boy, there's so much there. Okay, so I'm going to pick this apart a little bit, and I don't have the questioner here, but uh, I've got to do this. Okay. He has to. If... Okay, Christians are so loving and to be a people of peace, praying for their enemies and turning the other cheek. Okay, so first of all, we, we get that from Christ, right? And Christ isn't revealed until you get to him in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was thousands of years of recorded history that happened before Christ. That's why it's called B, C, right? Mm -hmm. So before Christ, a lot of things certainly did happen. Christ is the one who taught us in the Sermon on the Mount to be loving, 
to pray for our enemies and to turn the other cheek. All of that is from the Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, if you want to go read about that. So when we go back to the Old Testament history, it isn't as if God was different before, but there was less revelation of who God is because Christ hadn't come yet. And all of the revelation that God had given in the Old Testament was always pointing forward towards Christ. Um, so when we come, let's, let's just get to the nitty and the gritty. For example, um, when the Exodus happens and the um, Canaanites who are living on one side of Jordan uh, are called by God to be conquered and they're called to be wiped out. Not any man, woman, child, and not even the animals are to be left. And today people would look at that and go, well, God is instituting genocide there, that that's a horrible thing, that they're all going to be completely killed and wiped out. Now, one thing before we even get to that, hundreds of years before, God mentions that he is going to send the people of Israel into Egypt and that they'll be coming, they'll come back into the land of promise. But the reason why they couldn't take the land then, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they couldn't take the land then was because the sin of the Canaanites was not yet full or fulfilled. Meaning that, that they were progressively getting worse and worse and worse as a people and you can read about some of their atrocities um, in the Old Testament. They would just take women and rape them and make them their wives. They would worship false gods, and part of their worship is they would lay their children on these altars that were burning and on fire. And during these worship services, they would have orgies and to drown out the screams of these crying infants. And that, that's like you know, there and even worse stuff than that, uh, which is hard to imagine. But there, there was horrible things going on. Um, one commentary that God has of people before the flood, when He flooded the world, was the thoughts and the intentions of their heart were only evil continually, and that's what led God to destroying the world with a flood. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Canaanites were going that direction and that the filling up of their sins that God refers to is them becoming so bad that the thoughts and the intentions of their heart were only evil continually. So what God was doing there was not just randomly picking a group of people that he didn't like, but it was a group of people that were so opposed and hated God, that they were only going to, to do evil continually. They were destroying life. They were destroying themselves. And there were, I guess you could say, past the point of no return. When God calls um, Israel to come in and conquer the land and to, um, you know, wipe out the Canaanites, um, he does so in a way that is honoring to his character because they've denied and rejected his will, his ways for so long that there was no turning back for these people. Um, so his character was at stake, um, but it was also the people's, it was the land that they had been given through Abraham. And so they were going in and taking possession of the land that 
was given to them originally by God anyways. So why is it that the Old Testament and history pass? Well, let's just stick with the Old Testament first. So God is showing off his holy character by doing that. You read Numbers, you read um, Leviticus, and you read some of these and you think, why are these laws so odd and archaic? And, well, you have to think that they, they didn't, uh, they, they didn't have, uh, they, they needed to be led and guided into all, I, there's this nomadic people. You have to have order. You have to have structure. You know, a disease is going to break out if you don't have certain things in place. Um, it's just not a safe environment to be a wandering nomadic people. So you have all these laws. Well, when they came into the land of Israel, they also had similar laws that we look at them and they might seem harsh. You know, these, you know, you, you can, um, if somebody, you know, kills somebody in your family, that you have the right to take their life unless they get to one of these cities of refuge kind of things. And there's all kinds of stuff like that about when they actually do come into the land. Well, the whole thing is it's a display of God's character. They were to be a distinct nation that was set apart from the rest of the world. So their clothing, their food, their lifestyle, their government, everything was to be different and unique and distinct from the rest of the world around them. And so them coming in and conquering the Canaanites was a group of people that were so just absolutely worldly that they didn't have a godly bone in their body, I guess is a way to say it. And so they were rebels against God. They hated God. They wanted nothing to do with God. So they weren't just innocent people who, you know, fell at the hands of a vindictive God. These people hated God. They wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. And God is saying, well, if you know, basically, you, you don't want me, then, you know, this is kind of going to be the end for you. That's the thing <clears throat> that stood out to me most when I really sat down and read through the prophets is how often God would call people to repent time and time and time and time again. And he would tell his prophets they're not going to repent. Yeah. And even though God knew that they weren't going to repent, he sent prophets anyway to call these people to repent. And then when they don't repent, then he follows through with judgment. But that didn't keep him knowing that they wouldn't repent from a, a, a form of mercy, a form of grace, sending prophets to call them to repent anyway. Right. The thing to remember is these aren't innocent people. Right. In fact, there are no innocent people. Uh, some people are worse than others because they have, you know, not accepted, you know, the repentance that God has offered them and the opportunity to repent. But there's nobody who's innocent. Some people are just really absolutely wicked. I mean, you have to think these people were some of the most wicked people in recorded history. And you can't escape that. So I think that you know, it tugs at our heartstrings when we start thinking, oh, this whole entire nation was wiped out. Well, yeah, but it's because they were so bad. So this is Old Testament, okay? And when we said this in a former <laughs> episode where you wouldn't be crying foul if you had read that this was the fate of, like, the Nazis or something like that. Right. People, I mean, are not going to be running to the aid or to the defense of those people, and we're talking about a similar or worse people. Worse people, for sure. Um so the, but what that was, so the nation of Israel pointed forward to a type of the church, that the church is to be a, a holy, a separate, 
uh, people from the world. Now, we don't go out and conquer, which brings us to the second part of this question is there have been in history um, movements in the name of Christ that have gone out and shed blood. The Crusades, of course, is the best example of this. And I am no way going to defend the Crusades. I think there were genuine believers in those wars, but I think that they happened more along political lines than, you know, theological lines. And there was in the, in some people for sure a desire to honor God. But for the most part, I think that they were, um, they, it was, it was political expediency in a lot of ways to go into these campaigns and to go fight in these arenas and try to expand your land and expand your influence and that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm certainly not gonna, you know, con, uh, condone those. Not gonna condone the inquisitions that have gone on throughout history and and you know that in in some places still. I mean, I guess there's I don't know where a Christendom might be today. I guess there really isn't, but uh, a place where they're trying to make a heaven on earth or a Christ centric existence on earth. We, we don't, we're not going to have that on earth. We're promised we're going to have that in heaven. That we as Christ's servants aren't to take up arms and go fight in the name of Christ. We are called to follow him and our, know that our kingdom is not of this world. And it's one thing if you're you know, in the military and you're going and fighting for America or whatever country you're a part of. But it certainly is another thing that w- we can't do for the name of Christ to take up arms and go try to Christianize the world or go fight for the kingdom of heaven. I think as one movie about the crusades is even called the kingdom of heaven um, Hmm. here on this earth. That's, that's not something we're called to do. And again, that's Christ's revelation. Um, Christ has given us more revelation of himself and Israel was supposed to point forward to the church, point forward to Christ. And, him being distinct in the world and us being distinct and unique in the world. Uh, they eventually failed at doing that, but that's but that's part of the point is that we need Christ, not a kingdom of this world. Yeah. Yeah, we live in two kingdoms. So, you know, we don't see anything like that happening from here on out. So, we're supposed to be loving, right, Brian? Sure. We're supposed to be a people of peace, right, Brian? Absolutely. We're supposed to be people who pray for our enemies. Uh-huh. And we're supposed to be people who turn the other cheek. All those things are true, right? Uh-huh. So... Unless a Democrat is in the Oval Office. <laughs> <laughs> what are we supposed to do then? Um, riot. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. How would we riot? Turn over tables. Um, march. Um, I don't know. I don't know I, any Christians that rioted. When Obama or Clinton were in office on Facebook, oh, for sure on Facebook. But and I, I was I was alive when Jimmy Carter was president, but I don't remember it. I was too young. Don't look at me like that. I'm just wondering why you <laughs> singled out him of all. Because he's the, a Democrat, right? Is he the only yeah. Democrat between Reagan, Bush, Clinton, uh, Bush, yeah. W, yeah. Obama, Trump? Right, right, yeah. So since I've been born, was I, so yeah, uh, Carter, and then before him was Ford. Ford was Republican. So yeah, so since I've been alive, it's been Carter, 
Clinton and Obama or the Democrats who have been president. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I think people... Why did we go there? Because I, th- yeah. I was <laughs> chiming in that we're supposed to be all those things unless a Democrat is in the office. Oh, right, right, right. You're, yeah, you're cracking wise. Yeah, okay. a little bit. Okay. So we're supposed to be these kind of people. Um, so when, when, as Christians, we should seek to live like this. We should seek to live like this because it's Christ-like, not because of moralism. There are lots of people who we would say are loving, peaceful. They like their enemies and try to treat them good and turn the other cheek, but they're not Christians. They're not following Christ. So you can do these things. It's one of the reasons why I pointed these out in the beginning. You can do these things and not be a Christian. You, you, the, being a Christian doesn't, doesn't mean that you know, you're loving your pe- person of peace, praying for your enemies and turning the other cheek. Being a Christian means you trust in Christ for your salvation. That's what a Christian is. These things can flow from it, but thankfully there's a lot of inconsistent people out there. Thankfully. Th- yeah. No, really. I mean, that that I mean, I want them to be Christians, but there are a lot of non-Christians who live as good people. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I want to make, uh, I just want to come back around to that because I want to point out that just because a person is these things doesn't necessarily mean they're a Christian. A Christian is a sinner who trusts in Christ for their salvation. And it's not a moral, it's not a, you know, it's nothing you do. It's truths you believe. Mm-hmm. So when... Man, we need to talk about that more. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We got one coming up that, that will for sure... Well, we have in the past, but... Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like that's something that people don't think through nearly enough. So the the reason I come back around to that is the assumption behind this question is Christians are people who do these things. Why do these actions happen? You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what I want to say is the assumption is wrong. The assumption isn't Christians do these things. There are a lot of people who do these things. Christians are people who believe and trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. And there are a lot of Christians who still do stupid things and bad things and sinful things, but that doesn't mean they're not Christians. Mm -hmm. So just because you do certain things doesn't necessarily mean that you are one of Christ's followers. It's do you believe, do you trust, and is that where your hope lies for salvation? And certainly we would say just because a Christian does those things doesn't mean that a Christian should do those things. we should do the good stuff, the bad stuff. The bad stuff. Yeah, we shouldn't do the bad stuff. We just, should do the good stuff. Just things in general. Like, just because a Christian does something doesn't mean that that's prescribed for Christian people. Right, right. There are a lot of Christians who do things like that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like don't drink alcohol. Right. That's one of them, right? Women don't wear the makeup. Oh, gosh. Right? Yeah. That's one of them. I mean, maybe that's a more passe one, but it was a thing for a oh, while. Oh, crazy stuff. Women don't wear pants. Go to the movies and like Ooh. wear heels and mm-hmm. all kinds. And dude, like... like go a, to the casino. Go to the casino. Like, I, I, I mean, people are going to hear these things and like, oh, nobody's talked like that since the 50s. Like, no, no, no. These are conversations <laughs> you and I have had with people like this year. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. Hey, you want a question of the day? Please. Who, I'm going to qualify this, besides your family, Mm. brings you the most joy? Who, besides my family? Because we would both say our wives, our kids, our grandkids. You know, well, my grand, not your, you don't have any grandkids yet. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I do not. 
It comes fast, dude. Who signs my family? That's hard because family is a, a, a tricky notion. How so? I have some very, very close friends that I would consider family. Oh, right. Like, I would for sure, like, lump you guys into that category where if my family doesn't count, then, like, you guys shouldn't count either. But, um, dude, that's a hard question. That's a hard question, huh? Yeah. Especially because, like, like first and second runner-ups probably listen to this podcast. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld? Jerry Seinfeld. He brings me some joy. Right? I'm going to kind of punt and not name specific people here, but I'll tell you what. Like, when I get to go to work and just hear some of the goofy nonsense that my kids at work are up to, and they're just funny. They're just so, so funny. And I always tell people that working at Dutch Bros is like living in Neverland or like I never really have to grow up. I'm always like have the the inside track to new trends and stuff like that. Yeah. And half the time it's like really cool and awesome and I learn about it. And the other half it's like absolutely ridiculous and makes it that much more entertaining. So having this cycling of um people who work for me who stay the same age, even though I keep getting older and older and older. It's like I get to stay in college forever. That's cool. It's entertaining. It brings me a lot of joy. Um, one person, let's see, I'll just throw out a couple of names of people who like when I am around them, it is, uh, it's like good. Um, and most of these people I'm not around very often because mm-hmm. I agree with you that most of the people who are really close to me, I'd kind of consider family you guys, you know, the Biddles. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, our church family. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, I um, agree. So Alex Dar, uh-huh. he's one of those guys who I really miss. And just when I was around him, it was like, oh, this is good. Ryan Mack mm-hmm. is one of those guys who, when I'm just around him, it's it's so, so, so good. And he doesn't listen to this podcast, but Brandon Solberg, I like being around that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, some of those guys from the Five Pints of Calvinism f- group on Facebook, uh, some of those guys in there are really just a balm to my soul because mm-hmm. they're just like... Like great, a bomb? A great to be around. A balm. A bomb. B-A-L-M. A balm. Bomb. A balm. Got it. Soothing. Um, yeah, besides my family. You know, I've had so many friends throughout my life who were just like a joy to be around, but then they go and then other people come up and mm-hmm. are a joy to be around. But I really like m- mostly being around church people and, and um, uh, the people I work with are great too. Don't, I, I don't want to think they're not. I really like the group of people I work with right now too. So yeah. Sweet. I so. don't think I'd, I'd stay somewhere if it wasn't a joy Yeah. in some way, even though it's like kind of hard. You would find the nearest exit. Uh, maybe three or four down the road. Yeah. 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 All right. So who brings you the most joy, boys and girls? And I haven't said it for a while. Um, Tell a friend that we're back. Tell a friend that they should listen to one of our episodes. Go to the little share button, either on the podcast as a general show or as a specific episode and be like, hey, I think you'd really enjoy this. We need you to do that. These That's guys, something we're not good at. These guys we are to. funny. 
but knowledgeable yeah. and relatable. I think that you would find the same to be true. Mm-hmm. So do that because we love you. If you love us too, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Preferably somebody who you believe belongs. Oh, good one.